So this morning's message is one that I hope challenges, inspires, encourages and empowers you. And it's simply called The Light of the World. And, you know, as I said before, we've been on an amazing journey and had numerous opportunities to make a bold step in obedience and to see God hopefully move in our lives and our situations. And, you know, one, one of the things that's been birthed um, with a passion in me in this going through all of these is we're praying every Wednesday night at 7.30 in this place. We did it for... We did it every week during the 40 days of Lent because it's like that, that's a, a great period to really consecrate yourself to God. And, and I've really felt challenged to, we need to continue that. And, and you know, there are a bunch of people who are faithful in, in coming every week and praying for and lifting up uh, our church community. And, and we can see the fruit of what's going on. You know, we see the, the strength and the vibrancy of our youth on a Friday night. We see the amount of kids that we've got in kids ministry we've we've seen needs met in people's lives we've seen needs met in teams here you know so i hope that that there are things going on uh for you guys as well but as a church the more that we take those opportunities to step out the more god turns up and 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 actually works we give him that space to do it and so today hopefully we can we can take this a step further and hopefully begin to live with a new reality and a new lifestyle. You know, Pastor Shane Willard said it well when he was here in March, that we should shine like diamonds. And so let us look today and discover how we can shine and have an impact on the world and influence those who live in it. Emma's laughing because there's a song, I think, by Rihanna, which says, shine bright like a diamond, and Emma hates that song. It's one of those... Oh, I... Shine like stars. Okay, he said shine like stars. I got that line. That's just for you then. So let's get into it. Hopefully you still have Isaiah 60 still open, and it'll also be on the, on the screen. So we're reading verses uh, 1, 2, and 3 of Isaiah chapter 60. And it says, Arise, shine, for your light has come, and the glory of the Lord rises upon you. See, darkness covers the earth and thick darkness is over the peoples. But the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. Nations will come to your light and kings to the brightness of your dawn. I think that that's an incredibly encouraging few verses. You know, simply beginning with the words arise and shine, straight off the bat, God is calling his people and subsequently us to action. Because those are words where you've got to do something. To arise, you've got to stand up. You know, you go from kneeling or sitting or laying down and you, you step up and shine is, is excelling and making something bright and, and people wanting to see it. So straight off the bat, God is calling us to stand up and to shine, to excel. And to understand the significance of what God is asking us to do, we need to go back to the beginning of all things. And that's when the light, as God created it, became darkness. Now, it might sound ominous, and immediately, often when I hear people talk about darkness or shadows, I think of Mufasa sitting on the edge of Pride Rock with Simba and goes, Simba, everywhere the light touches is our kingdom. But that shadowy place, you must never go there, Simba. (laughs) Famous last words. You know, often, how often do we ignore the warnings to 
avoid temptation and darkness that we are given? Why do we ignore them? Is it a, is it a control thing, a fear thing, a selfishness, a pride? It, it, it's, it's an interesting thought. And I think it's been an attitude we've had since the beginning. Uh, can you put up Genesis 1, 26 to 28, please? So then God said, let us make mankind in our image, in our likeness, so that they may rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky, over the livestock and all the wild animals, and over all the creatures that move along the ground. So God created mankind in his own image. In the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. God blessed them and said to them, Be fruitful and increase in number. Fill the earth and subdue it. Rule over the fish in the sea and the birds in the sky and over every, every living creature that moves on the ground. So God created everything with light and with perfection. In his image, we were created. And we were created to lead, to, to have dominion over everything on the earth, to be fruitful, so to, have a, to be productive in what we do. We are given gifts and talents. And so God calls us to be fruitful with that and actually use what we have. He calls us to, to multiply both in number, but also in influence and in what we do. He calls us to multiply the things that we have for the benefit of the people around us and for his glory. So earth essentially was created for us to bring God's glory here. And so to coin a common phrase, God gave us the keys to the city in that we had dominion over every living thing on the earth. That's a pretty cool mandate, hey? But what did we do with it? We kind of threw that away. You know, fast forward a chapter and a bit and we get to Genesis chapter 3. See, God has created the perfect world with his vessels and humans managing the earth. And remember that we have dominion over all things on the earth. That includes Satan who was sent to earth, banished by God. So we were created already with the ability to defeat Satan right at the beginning of time. You know, so at creation we're created to bring that defeat. But instead of defeating him... We enabled and empowered him when Adam and Eve chose to listen to him over what God had said. You know, God says, do not, you can eat of any tree except the tree of knowledge of good and evil, and, or you will surely die. And Satan goes, did he really say you'll surely die? And so they go and listen and, and eat of that. And you know, Paul says in Romans chapter 6 that we become slaves to the one we obey. So in dismissing the words from God himself and listening to the words of a creature that they had rule over, Adam and Eve and the rest of us subsequently became slaves to sin and to what Satan wanted to do. In that moment, we gave the devil the rule and reign and authority that God had created us to live in. As sin entered the world, so did torment, sickness, death. These weren't a part of God's original design, but they were brought upon by bad decision who here's made some bad decisions I, I'm assuming we're in pretty good uh, company uh, one of mine and you know I, I love I love my food um, very much so I love my food but a couple of years ago uh, a couple of go a couple of mates and I we went down to the Hastings La Paqueta because we heard that they have a, a palmer eating competition 
And uh, so we're, we're, we're like, okay, we'll, we'll go. Yeah, it doesn't get much better. Um, we're like, okay, we'll go. We'll give this a crack. Um, comes out, and the platter would probably be that, covered in French fries, and then the palmer covers the, uh, pretty much all of that, and it's about that thick. And they're like, yeah, here you go. You've got an hour to polish that off. Um, one of the guys fell asleep halfway through. He just... Food coma, he fell asleep. Um, and then the, the other two of us, we got through uh, a fair chunk of it, but we, we couldn't finish. What made it worse was the manager of the store. She came and sat next to us and basically trash-talked us the entire time and told us how 12 of the 20 people who had finished it were, um, were women, and so we were all getting beaten by girls because we couldn't finish it. So that was, that, that, that was an amazing experience. But the point, the point of that story is that bad decisions are easy to make and often it's just a small little thing, but we regret it afterwards. You know, I'm thankful that my love of a chicken palmer wasn't destroyed in doing that. For the other boys, it took them a little while to uh, go back to having one. I'm grateful that my love of those wasn't destroyed. But you feel it for a few days after. You're sluggish, you're lethargic, all of that. You know, on the surface the decisions we make may not always be detrimental straight away. But as they pile up, the more we make little choices that go away from what God has for us, so we're slowly just moving further and further away, that's when that pain, that frustration, that hurt, all of those things start to creep into our lives. You know, often it ends with a lot of discomfort and hurt. And while allowing people, you know... When we make those decisions, we, and we can see it in the people that we love when they're, when they're slowly doing that. But that's where we need to, as Shane would say, shine like stars. We need to show the love of God to them. And you know, for us, it might simply be se- sending an email in frustration rather than thinking it through. It might be running a red light because it's better to be on time than be a little bit late. It might... Uh, be listening to things about yourself that are contrary to who God says we are. It might be not giving all of ourselves to God to speak, uh, to allow him to speak to us because, you know, we're, we're distracted by something someone has said or done or didn't say or do. You know, it might be looking at things on a computer screen that aren't particularly healthy for us. You know, and the list goes on. Fact is, we were, no, we are created in the image of God that has never changed no matter the bad decisions that we've made no matter the bad decisions that Adam and Eve made and the chaos that they caused it has never been changed that we are created in the image of God we are created for rule and reign and to have authority to bring God's glory here to bring heaven on earth we are created for that because we were created in the image of God you know In verse 2 of Isaiah 60, it says, See, darkness covers the earth, and thick darkness is over the peoples. It's not great. It's a pretty bleak picture. It's a good thing, though, that God being God, all-knowing, all-powerful, omnipresent, knew what would happen, and so continued with his original plan. The thing is, church, even in the darkness, there is always some form of light. 
even if it's just a tiny pinprick that seems to be thousands of kilometers away, there's always a speck of light in darkness. And for the human condition and that slavery to sin, that speck of light was and always is Jesus. You know, and even before Jesus, God never departed from his people. He was with them. He was always communicating. You know, Moses with the tabernacle took it wherever he went because he understood the importance of being with the presence of God. You know, there's a story of of David dancing before the presence of God as it was taken into the city. And the the point there is, you know, he's, he's praising God for what is to come, not what has already happened. He's praising God for who God is and for what God is going to do. You know, often it's, it's easy to, to praise God and thank God when he's done something for us. But it's just as important to praise before that stuff happens. Praise is honoring who God is, not what he's done. That's thanksgiving. You know, God has always had one plan for the people made in his image. And that's to have authority. It's to rule and reign on this earth and bring his glory down. Amen? You know, but verse 2 of chapter 60 ends with, but the Lord rises upon you and his glory appears over you. That's pretty amazing. Individually and collectively, the Lord is upon us and his redeeming glory appears over us. It's an encouragement because one, he is with us and he cares for us. And two, he's with us. He's in control. You know, through all of that, he is with us. He rises upon us and his glory appears over us. You know, while darkness fell over the earth, God continued to speak to and reach out to his people. And finally, he brought us back to himself through Jesus. In the person, the human human and God person of Jesus, that darkness is restored to the light that it's created to be. You know, verse 1, arise, so get to one's feet, stand up. That's important. Shine, give out a bright light. You know, being that beacon for people. We're called to arise and shine, to stand up and shine bright. For our light, being Jesus, has already come. You know, and he even said himself in John 8, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. We need to recognize Jesus for who he is, the light of the world. Remember that little speck of light that was still there within what was almost all-consuming darkness? That's Jesus. You know, he came to this earth to seek and save the lost, to set the example of what a life lived in total surrender to the Father looks like. He shone bright in a fallen world. He shone love and grace and mercy and healing and redemption into a fallen world. He came to serve humanity and to show them that the light will always shine through the darkness and will always overcome. You know, think about dawn for a moment. You know, it's early morning and the first sun comes on the horizon. There's a new light, the start of each day. And that first sliver of light brings a sense of of joy, of energy, of it's a new day. I can persevere. I can push through. And that's just the beginning of who Jesus is for each and every one of us. He's our redeemer, our teacher, our example. And throughout his time on earth, Jesus gave us a glimpse of what heaven looks like. 
He lived so in sync with the Father that we often forget that he operated on earth as a human. Let that sink in. He's fully God, very much so. But he was fully human as well. Because he was so in tune with the Father through surrender and obedience, he showed us the new reality we could have in having faith in him and living in total surrender to the Father. More than that, he showed that he lived a life of faith, not just talking the talk, but he walked what he, to- he talked. Whatever he said, he lived that out. He lived out love and grace. You know, when I think of somebody who walks what they talk, I think of Oscar Schindler. So if nobody's seen Schindler's List, I'm not going to wreck the movie, but he was a, a German in World War II who was affiliated with the Nazi regime and had a whole bunch of Jews working for, for him and ended up saving an incredible amount of Jewish people. He gave them work. They, I think he made pots and pans or something like that, and they were turned into different things to help um, the, the Jews, and he saved a whole bunch of them. He saw the truth. He saw the light and decided to walk in that, even if it meant that he could have been killed because of it. And I think of people like that who... who walk their talk and Jesus Jesus is the top of the list for doing that and so we need to do that as him being our example that's what we need to to try and do you know when Jesus hung on the cross beaten bloodied and broken for us he made the ultimate sacrifice he took the sins of the world upon himself and died the ultimate death because of love but when he rose not only did he vanquish death Not only did he secure our victory over sin and shame, not only did he give us the opportunity to spend eternity with him, but he took back the keys of authority that we gave to Satan. He took them back from Satan. He took back that authority that we gave up and he gives it back to us. And he says, you have been redeemed. Now go and do what you were were created to do. When all seemed lost, And when the darkness consumes us, he is that glimmer of hope that shines at the fringe of our vision. The reality is, church, that Jesus died to give us life as it should be. Our new reality is is simple. We need to switch on the light within us. And that begins by seeing ourselves in the right way. God has created and commissioned us to bring the reality of heaven on earth, to influence our culture, to shine for his glory. We weren't created in his, in his image just because God could do that. He created us in his image for a purpose. And we need to understand that purpose, that we're not merely just created and God just leaves us there. No, he's created us in his image to rule and reign, to have authority, to speak life into death, to speak healing into sickness, to speak love into brokenness. We are created for that. You know... We all have that authority. It's not just Steve or Pastor Rob or Pastor Mark or myself or whoever's speaking up here. We all have the authority to speak life and truth into people and situations. So stop listening to lies. Stop listening to the little voice in your head or to people who say you can't do it, who says your past is, is, is too bad, too damaged. You've done too many wrong things. That's a lie. Jesus died to break off all of that. We were created in God's image to have authority. So it's time to to stop listening to those lies. Because if we listen to and obey the lies, we empower the liar. Your past doesn't define you. Your ethnicity or your gender doesn't define you. Age is just a number and not a barrier. 
none of us are disqualified from God. It's time that we start believing that. We need to free ourselves from a small view of ourselves. No more small thinking around our potential, our identity, and our purpose. It's possible to see nations saved, to see nations get saved and cities transformed. It even says in verse 3 that, um, you know, nations will come to your light. That's pretty cool. When you think about it, the light inside of us, people are going to be drawn to that. You know, who wants to see people be healed? To be set free from mental health issues, from addictions? Who wants to see people be radically transformed by the never-failing perfect love of God? What about seeing ourselves the way in which God sees us and then living accordingly? Well, here's the thing. You know, if God can use a donkey for his glory in Scripture... He can sure as heck use each and every one of us who are created in his image for his glory. You know, we are told to imitate Jesus and to follow him. And if he is the light of the world and we are to be like him, and even more so because we have the Holy Spirit within us, we become the light of the world. We become the light of the world. You know, nations will come to our light. God created us to be the delegated authority on earth, to carry his life, uh, his light, to take his word and truth into all the world. If Jesus was the light of the world and we are created in his image, we are to be like him. We carry the thing that breaks chains, brings healing, breathes life. So are we being good stewards of what we've been given? And half the battle in being a good steward, steward is, believing who, that is believing that we are who God says we are. You know, Peter writes that we are a royal priesthood and a holy nation, that we are God's special possession. And, you know, and priests minister to people. They minister to God through worship and we minister to all the world. We're called to be that. So are we living lives that reflect that, that shine that light? That's a new lifestyle we have access to, a new reality to chase after of bringing heaven to earth. We carry that power and authority. And in the person of Jesus, we have the greatest example of love and living as we are created to live. You know, he performed his miracles as a man. He chose to take the access he had to the Father from being a part of the Godhead and decided to live his life as an example for all of us, something that was tangible that we could use that example that we could imitate that gives us confidence you know he lived totally surrendered to the father and we read all of these stories of what he did he commissions us and calls us to do the same i don't know about you but i'm both challenged scared and excited by all of those things you know i'm challenged because if jesus can do it by listening to the father and being obedient to him amid being disappointed abused hated what's my excuse I mean, I've never been physically harmed because of my faith. I don't live with threats of violence, but he did, and he still lived that way. I'm scared because it's like, am I, am I good enough? You know, I, I think of what I've done. You know, am I good enough? No, Jesus says I'm good enough. He says we're all good enough. And I'm excited because it means we have the same opportunities he did to influence and impact the world. We have those opportunities. We just need to actually believe it. You know, in the Great Commission, we find out what our new core mission is. We are to go. So again, it's a, it's a doing word. Like a rise and shine, we are to go. 
not sit back and let other people do it, but we are to go into all the world. We are to go into all the world and preach the gospel. Remember how Jesus took the keys back from Satan when he defeated him? When Jesus says, go out into all, all the world, he's giving us the keys back and saying, right, now you're created, you're redeemed, you're brought back to how you were created, now go and do what you were created to do. Go and speak my truth, go and preach the gospel to all the world, go and bring healing. He commissions us. So he's with us through all of that, it's co. So he commissions us to accomplish what only he can accomplish. We just need to sit there, take that step and enjoy the ride and let him work through us. And you might be thinking, that's all good to say that, Jimmy, but Jesus isn't on earth anymore, so how does that work? I'm so glad you asked that question. <laughs> you know, everything changed in Acts chapter 2 in the upper room at the time of Pentecost. You know, I'm going to read um, Acts 2, 1 to 6. It should be on the screen uh, as well. Let me just find it. And so it says, When the day of Pentecost came, they were all together in one place. Suddenly a sound like the blowing of a violent wind came from heaven and filled the whole house where they were sitting. They saw what seemed to be tongues of fire that separated and came to rest on each of them. All of them were filled with the Holy Spirit and began to speak in other tongues as the Spirit enabled them. Uh, now they were staying in Jerusalem, God-fearing Jews from every nation under heaven. When they heard this sound, a crowd came together in bewilderment because each one heard their own language being spoken. It's an amazing story. Imagine being there and sitting in the room and all of a sudden this violent wind rushes through and you start seeing everybody sitting around you and there's tongues of fire off their heads and they start speaking in languages that they don't know. It'd be kind of freaky, but at the same time, be, I think it'd be pretty cool. It'd be weird, but I reckon it'd be pretty cool. You know, Peter and the, and the disciples were in this upper room and throughout Scripture, there's lots of references to an upper room and it's a space that has been put aside for things to happen. So they've gone into this room where they've created a space for God to come and do whatever God wants to do. And so when the tongues of fire came down while, when they were praying, you know, we all have the Holy Spirit within us. But this is when it was activated, when it came and rested upon us and, and commissioned us to go into all the world and speak. You know, Jesus said he would send us a helper and he did in the Holy Spirit. If we believe in Jesus, who he says he is, what he did, and that he was perfect and died for us, and if we repent and turn to him, we have access to the same Holy Spirit that dwelt within and rested upon him. That's pretty cool. You know, and the spirit that rests on us as well as inside of us. So, you know, I'm not just talking about speaking in different tongues. I'm talking bringing deliverance to people, healing the sick, helping the lame walk, seeing visions, dreaming dreams, bringing dead and dry bones back to life, all of it. We have access to all of this. We just need to believe it. I want my life to bring heaven to earth for those around me. Who else wants that? Who else wants that? You know, we carry this. We carry this, but what is the point of carrying something if we're not outworking what we're carrying? What's the point in carrying it if we're not using it and we're not living it? You know, Jesus was dependent upon the voice of the Holy Spirit. If he could do what he could do by listening to the Holy Spirit, then why can't we if we decide to give ourselves fully to him? All we have to do is make space in our lives and hearts and let the Holy Spirit transform us and lead us. You know, remember, revival starts with us. We need to be reawakened. 
I shared last year about a guy named Gypsy Smith. Whenever he would go into a, a city, he would kneel and draw a circle around him in the dirt and say, Father, let revival start inside of this circle and let me take that wherever I go. We need that same reawakening and the belief that the Holy Spirit that Jesus had is the same Holy Spirit that we have and we can do the exact same things. You know, we have so much potential that most of us probably don't even realise it. No matter who we are, no matter our past, and don't be a slave to your past or your bad decisions or your mistakes or your shame or however you're feeling. Don't be a slave to that. We're all equal in the eyes of God. No one is better than anybody else. He doesn't make mistakes when he creates things. He didn't make a mistake in creating any of us. We are all made in his image. And the body is incomplete without any one of us in it. So I encourage you, ask God to help you see yourself the way that he sees you. See yourself as powerful, worthy, created for a purpose, qualified by Jesus, loved eternally and unconditionally. In John 14, Jesus himself said that we would do even greater things than him. How cool is that? You know, this is the Jesus who walked on water, calmed the storms, fed 5,000 from a few fish and a couple of loaves of bread. He healed many, raised people from the dead, and he says that we will do even greater. I don't know about you, but that stirs something in me. I want all of our lives to count for him, to bring his glory to earth, to bring heaven to earth, to transform lives and situations. Who else wants those greater things? You know, now this could be greater things in significance. It could be greater things in volume because there's more people on the earth. Who knows? And to be honest, it doesn't really matter. We are called and Jesus says that we can do even greater things. We just got to be in line with that and believe in what we carry. We can do greater things than even Jesus because of the spirit within us if we believe. We have that opportunity. Can I get the band to come up, please? You know, in Scripture's church, there is no record of anyone ever being healed by Jesus' shadow, but there are records of healings from Peter's shadow. That's the same Peter who denied Jesus and was very much human, but people were healed by his shadow. We carry that same power and authority. We have the ability to be the light to this darkened and broken world, church. We have the example to follow in Jesus. He has restored us to our position of authority in the world. Let's not give that up again by listening to and obeying voices other than God's. And let's walk with the Holy Spirit. It's in us. It rests upon us. It guides us. It moves inside of us. And you know, as we saw in the ad in news before, if you haven't been baptised in the Holy Spirit or never spoken in tongues and want that, we're praying for that in two weeks' time. You know, the church in Acts post the upper room experience, exploded to life and changed the face of humanity forever. I want that and I hope you want that as well. You know, let's bring restoration and transformation and salvations to our community and our world. Amen.